Hello, it is Tuesday, May 18th. I am Trent Linesmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. I want to start off today talking a little bit about this whole George St. Pierre, Triller, Dana White thing. According to some reports, there was supposed to be an Oscar De La Hoya, George St. Pierre matchup, boxing, and it was nixed by the UFC. And according to Oscar De La Hoya, who is no friend of Dana White's, he wrote on his um, Instagram page, this expletive, Dana White kept George St. Pierre from making the biggest payday with me. Dana White and the UFC just blocked, and this is from the Triller, Dana White and the UFC just blocked George St. Pierre from fighting Oscar De La Hoya. It's a big payday for GSP, and both he and Oscar dream to fight each other. Dana would rather hold back those who put the UFC where it is and why. I've tried to call and text Dana at least five times to make it work for both parties, not even the re- courtesy of a return call. And that's from Ryan Cavanaugh of Triller. And White addressed this, I think, over the weekend, basically blowing him off, blowing everyone off and saying, does anybody give a shit? I don't give a shit what they think. Uh, you think I care what Triller thinks? I don't even take their calls. And okay, if the call's about Jake Paul... Fighting a UFC guy, fine. Don't take that call. If you don't want to have someone currently in the UFC fight Jake Paul, fine. If you don't want to have someone formerly in the UFC who's still in a contract with the UFC fight Jake Paul, I think Dana White in the UFC should be a lot more open to that. And like in the case of the last fight, why not let a retired fighter fight Jake Paul? It doesn't hurt the UFC, and it helps out that fighter get a decent payday. Maybe a better payday than what they got in the UFC. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe the reason is Dana White doesn't want to look like he's underpaying his fighters, but anyone in the know already knows Dana White is underpaying his fighters. It's not a secret. So the UFC fighters are getting underpaid, so maybe that's why White doesn't want to allow UFC fighters to fight to box and Triller or anywhere. I don't know. But if you, you know, it, the right thing to do would be to let these guys box. The wrong thing to do is prevent them prevent them from making money because of your ego. And that's what's happening here. The ego is letting, the ego is getting in the way of everything else. His ego says, I don't like Oscar De La Hoya. I don't like the way Triller's doing business. I'm not letting a retired fighter fight on a Triller card. It's stupid, and I wish someone would, you know, try and at least take this whole thing to court and and see what kind of restrictions they can really put on these fighters who are independent contractors. What restrictions? I can understand, all right, George St. Pierre wants to fight for one in an MMA bout. That's not going to happen because he's still under contract with the UFC. Understandable. George St. Pierre wants to box Oscar De La Hoya, Mm, that's a different story, I think. That's not taking any money out of the UFC's pocket. If you want to co-promote, just so you can get your hand in St. Pierre's pocket and De La Hoya's pocket and make some money, fine, do that. But to hold uh, someone back, like George St. Pierre, from making a paycheck, it doesn't seem to make any sense to me. This seems to make about as much sense as saying that the UFC is not going to allow 
George St. Pierre to act in a in a Disney film. Why? Why would why would the UFC have that kind of control? It's not the same business, and in boxing, it's not the same sport. So St. Pierre should be able to do this without any problem. White is holding it up for ego. It's just an ego thing because he doesn't like these guys and how they do business, which is, is stupid. And here's what St. Pierre had to say about it. I understand that Dana didn't want me to fight. However, it would have been fun because my career as a professional fighter to become the best in the world in mixed martial arts is done. I'm turning 40 years old tomorrow. I'm going to be 40 years old. It's a young man's game. However, to rather fight a boxing match under the rules that Triller put on against the legendary Oscar De La Hoya. For me, it would have been a dream come true because it's my second favorite boxer of all time behind Sugar Ray Leonard. Plus, a lot of the money would have been given to charity, so it would have been for a good cause just to show that we don't take ourselves too seriously, and it would have been serious competition because you say, I play basketball, I play hockey, but you don't play fighting. It would have been fun. And um, I guess Kavanaugh from Triller said that he would give $250,000 to charity if St. Pierre would be allowed to do this. So, I mean, why deny St. Pierre any of this? It shouldn't even really be a question. But here we are discussing Dana White's ego and his inability to allow a fighter who probably one of the top, well, definitely one of the top five UFC fighters of all time, preventing him from making a paycheck just because of ego. St. Pierre should be able to do this. St. Pierre should be able to call Dana White and say, hey, this is a courtesy call. This is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. I'm boxing Oscar De La Hoya. You know, and maybe St. Pierre says, do you want to be involved in some way as a courtesy? But that's as far as this should go, as a courtesy. But Dana White, being a discourteous MFR, is not going to allow George St. Pierre to box. And he's not going to allow $250,000 to go to charity just because he doesn't like the way Triller does business and the way that Oscar De La Hoya and he had done business or interacted in the past. It's silly. It shows a very, very small person, a very, very fragile ego. And for someone who pretends to be so tough and so bad, just a small little man who wants to control every little thing. It's, it's sad more than anything. Pathetic, really. But is it something new? It's not. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Offer the course for Dana White. Speaking of small little man, uh, Dan Hardy has been officially let go and by the UFC. He said he never got a real explanation. He thinks the reasoning was that he was vocal about some things with Herb Dean as a ref during contests and that he had a run-in with a UFC PR person. I don't, I mean, I know the, the Herb Dean thing was probably out of line, but if it's in the best interest of the fighter, I think I'm a little more forgiving than that. If he, if he sees someone getting taking more abuse than he likes, you get emotional about that. Maybe that's the case. I think that's a forgivable sin. Whatever he did with the PR person, I don't know. If he had harsh words with the person in public, that's probably a fireable offense in most, most cases. If he did it behind closed doors, that's a different story. But... And to what extent it happened, I don't know. So, again, that's something else that could play into it. If it's in public, the person felt embarrassed, 
well then yeah that's probably a firing offense for for an independent contractor when it when it comes to a against a full-time employee if the ufc has to side with somebody in that case they're going to side with the employee if it if it's a matter of a situation that's uncomfortable for that employee going forward that's going to happen so i don't know what happened there and i'm not going to really judge on that i'm just going to say if it if it happened under certain circumstances it's understandable and hardy should understand that as well and should he get an explanation maybe does he deserve an explanation maybe but he is an independent contractor so the most the ufc has to do is say thanks our contract is over we wish you luck and i think that's what got said which is fine which is you know you don't you don't really deserve anything other than that if you're an independent i mean maybe you should get something more than that but as far as what you can expect the bottom line is if you're told that your contract is up that's all that you can expect maybe you get a reason maybe you don't so there's nothing wrong with the way UFC handled it other than visually but business wise that's business so here's what uh, Dan Hardy had to say about the whole situation and I think this was to MMA fighting something else that I said which may have led to this situation was when I spoke to the UFC after the Dean circumstance I said please don't forget I work for mixed martial arts before I work for the UFC and I think that kind of burned a little bit in their minds because when you work for the UFC, they want you to be UFC through and through. And I'm a grassroots fighter, and I've got fighters around me all the time, people that have come through this sport and are having the same struggles and are dealing with issues that prolong in mixed martial arts careers. So yeah, I think it, I was a little bit too unpredictable in that seat, in the seat perhaps. And I think after that moment, they were possibly waiting for an opportunity to push me to the side. And then Hardy continued... I've never felt like I had a bad relationship, but I've never also never approached the job as it was a job. Sometimes my frustrations would be people were kind of dragging their feet and doing the necessary work, and this was a person I'd complained about before because I felt the opportunity would be a miss, not only for myself, but for other fighters in the region. Young fighters that the media are trying to get a hold of that the OC office in the UK is not connecting them, and all these opportunities that would be a miss that were provided for me when I was a fighter. So, I guess... What Hardy's saying here is that what he spoke up to about the PR person was that he felt that some folks were getting passed over, they weren't getting opportunities they should have or could have, and that's not Dan Hardy's job. And if it's something in that person's ear and it's making that person look bad to the UFC and they're just doing the job that is required of the UFC and the UFC does not have a problem with that person doing the job as they're doing it, well, then Hardy's over the line. Um, once, okay, you can bring that up once and say, this is what I see from my perspective. But if you keep bringing it up and the UFC doesn't have a problem with the way that person's doing their job, then you either need to back off or understand that there could be repercussions for you. And I, I think Hardy, emotional guy. So maybe he understood all this and still went and, and did what he did. Fine. But again, repercussions. You're an independent contractor against an employee. 99 times out of 100, they're going to side with the employee because they are an employee. You are dispensable. You're there at their will. That's it. Um, but if someone's missing an opportunity, maybe that's not by accident from the PR team. 
I've been around long enough to see how the PR teams have operated. Um, I think I've been in at least three or four generations of the PR situation with the UFC. First one that I went through was pretty awful to the media. Certain people couldn't get anything just because of the the websites they work for. The, the UFC preferred print over web anytime. And a lot of places got passed over just because of their coverage. That kind of, well not kind of, that eased up a lot under Dave Schuller's regime. I think Schuller, even if he didn't like what you wrote about the UFC, he would address it with you and you could walk away from it with at least some respect for each other and understanding. The people of above, above him, not so much. Even when I was with Bloody Elbow one time, I was doing a big story on Jim Miller, a multi-piece story, and he came down here to Baltimore for uh, one of the events. I had been shadowing Miller for a while, had been up to his gym a bunch of times, and so I wanted to shadow him on fight day. Now, I was, I think I was, I, I don't know, either the website was not welcome or I was not welcome, but I was in the hotel with Miller um, around certain places. I wasn't in the UFC sections, but Schaller brought me in for one set, one part of the, of the, of the UFC um, media day so I could spend it. And it was with the, everyone but the main car, main event fighters. So I got to do that with Miller there and some other fighters, which was, I, I greatly appreciated. I didn't get to go to the weigh-ins. I didn't get to go to the event. I didn't get to go to the main card PR time or the post fight, but I was allowed in for what I was working on, which I don't think would have happened then. I, I mean before, and I know it wouldn't have happened after. And so it's weird that the way the PR, to get back to my point, the way PR works sometimes in the UFC. And I think it depends on what gets pushed down from above. And if above says, this is what we want these fighters to experience and this is what we want the media to have access to. Well, that's what the PR people are going to do per their orders. So Hardy probably stepped over the line if he brought it up more than once. So those are the repercussions. The one thing I do agree here with Dan Hardy, and I agree with a lot with what Dan Hardy does. Um, I just think he's he's Dan Hardy and MMA first, and I and like he said here, that might have been his downfall here. The UFC wants you to be UFC and then everything else. And as Hardy says, he's MMA before UFC. And that, you know, then maybe that was the bigger problem. They want UFC people. We see that with Daniel Cormier. We see that with Michael Bisping. We see that with Dominic Cruz, Paul Felder. These are all guys who know what they're there for. And they're, they're, they might put their toe up to the line on, on, at some points. But they're rarely going to step over the line. They're rarely going to get out of the UFC lane. Dan Hardy, maybe they see him as a kind of a wild card because he'll speak his mind. And I appreciate that. But now the message here is stay in your lane or we'll do you like we did Dan Hardy. So I don't like it, but it's the UFC's business. Just like I don't like the fact that many media, media people don't get access to the UFC or get answers from the UFC on anything. But I understand it. It's their business. And 
But by the same token, as Hardy says here, I don't work for the UFC. And so I'm going to express my opinions. Does it hurt me? Probably. Has it has it hurt me in the past? Probably. Is it going to hurt me going forward? Probably. Do I care? Definitely not. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I just think that Hardy maybe got a little ahead of himself or a little more emotional than he should have. But again, he probably also knew where he was and where he stood and that if he did get out of that line, well, then he would get his legs chopped out from under him, which is what happened. But I'd rather have a Dan Hardy do the, doing what Dan Hardy does than someone who's just going to sing the praises of UFC when they know full well that they're full of shit when they're doing it. I don't want that. I also don't want someone that's 100% antagonistic. And it's a, it's a balancing act. The UFC decided that Dan Hardy wasn't worth having on, and they didn't want him to try and balance. So, they want UFC only. Okay, that's what you get. But now I don't think, you don't expect Dan Hardy to be silenced now either. I think he's going to speak up more, but then, you know, you, you, this is what we see. He gets painted as the disgruntled ex-employee, and Dana White always has the bully pulpit. He's always the loudest, he has the most and people will believe him even if it's just not true and that's uh, again something by design the UFC set that up from the get-go and unless there's a big sea change in how people feel about Dana White that's not going to change it's always going to be UFC Dana White everything else um, so these two examples I think point to Dana White's fragile ego Dana White's want and need to control everything. And there's just something, I think, wrong there. There just seems to me to be something wrong. Something that pushes Dana White to control every little aspect of the UFC and every little aspect of the people who have, have fought for the UFC, are fighting for the UFC, and will fight for the UFC, as well as the employees and independent contractors of the UFC. He wants to control everything. And that's not a good way to do business. Sooner or later, it bites everyone in the ass that does things like that, that acts like that. Will that be, will that happen to Dana White? I don't know. I think it's more likely now that the company is publicly traded than it was in the past, but it's still no more than 50 50. Anyway, I just wanted to cover these two things. Maybe they were boring, but I think it points to a big problem in the UFC, and that's a megalomaniac controlling every aspect. Of everything about UFC. Maybe I'm wrong. Been around long enough though to think that I'm probably right. And on that note, I'll be back tomorrow or the next day. And until then, everyone stay safe.